Welcome to Behind the Mic, exploring the media world in the 21st century. I'm James Marriott. I've been meeting people right across the industry to see exactly what they do, how things have changed, and what they think the future might have in store. Season two of the show is focusing on the subject of PR, public relations. It's a word we all know and use, but what does it really mean? How has the role of PR changed and what impact does it really have in today's current social media-obsessed world? We'll speak to a variety of PR professionals from a wide range of backgrounds to learn about their career path and how they've seen the industry develop. Today, I'm going behind the mic with Caroline Wuffenden, Managing Director of MK Public Relations. Caroline, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure. Tell me a little bit about your job role and about the company here at MKPR. Okay, so let's start with the company that is MK. Uh, MK has been an established PR agency uh, based in Sheffield, but operating across the northern region and the UK for about 15 years now. Um, very niche PR. We have recently, however, um, joined the Northern Communications Group. Uh, and as we were talking about earlier, the idea behind that is pulling together a consortium of businesses uh, operating under one roof, uh, giving a comprehensive marketing through the line approach for clients that might need it. So rather than uh, one client perhaps buying uh, multiple agencies to carry out an advertising social PR digital campaign, we are trying to to, to form a one-stop shop, which is obviously streamlining and making more efficiencies in terms of resource and, and finance. So um, a bit of a new kid on the block, having, <laughs> having been an old and established one now under the new umbrella, but one that we as a team are very excited about. Uh, we believe this is probably the way forward in terms of marketing buying. There's not many of us offering sort of that one-stop solution within the north so let's see what let, let's see what happens so mk is very much still mk but we're just part of a wider family at this point so is that is that move um reflective of kind of the way that the the industry is in 2019 i think so i think so um i don't believe compared to perhaps 10 or 20 years ago the silos of marketing um, exist uh, as they perhaps once did I mean we as consumers are far more promiscuous in in and what we listen to what we read what we watch etc um, no longer is one person perhaps wedded to one newspaper um, or one particular television channel um, there is multimedia multi channels now that the advent of these social uh, you know social media and and, and smartphones um, allow people to sort of parachute in and out of, of, of many things and the influences therefore being much wider so as a result I think the marketing um, lineup needs to be uh, far stronger and far tighter than perhaps it's ever been right arm needing to speak to left arm PR needs to ensure that it's very closely aligned to any digital campaign any advertising campaign etc so our idea was to offer clients the ability to work as a team across the multi-disciplines while also ensuring that we have the credibility and um, experience from those different faculties hopefully is a very attractive offer for those clients who wish to buy on, at that level uh, at the same time MK is obviously still working for clients who you know continue to just wish for the the, the, the pure PR approach which we do and we do very well um, but uh, a new approach in reaction to the market and in line with the 
ever-changing needs of consumers and and ways of consuming media out there um hopefully will you know parachute mk on for the for, for the next for the next era and, and for its next period yeah so what's your position at MK? Um, I'm managing director. I no longer own MK. Obviously, that was uh, passed over to the Northern Communications Group. Um, so I'm uh, very much taking an operational MD uh, role, overseeing the business, the MK business, overseeing the team and the clients, um, and ensuring that we have that alignment uh, across the Northern Communications Group, uh, which is a slightly more dynamic role than I've been used to, but one I'm really enjoying. <laughs> Uh, and I know you've you've kind of spent parts of your career down in the in the south um, and, and done yeah. a few different things. So where where did the journey kind of start for you? Right. Um, well, believe it or not, I'm a politics student. Uh, right. I it was the only A level I enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for lack of any other imagination uh, imagination for anything else, I just sort of wandered into a politics degree, which I did in London. Um, although many would argue I did a hockey degree and, and politics was on the sides. Although I just managed to scrape a two one in the end. Um, I had no idea, in all honesty, James, at the end of that three years, um, hazy three years looking back, <laughs> what on earth I was going to do. I thought I wanted to go on to be prime minister but I suppose that's a totally different podcast at this point in time. Maybe I should offer to go in at this stage. Um, I was quickly put off with that, having studied it uh, for, for, for three years. Um, and the advice I had at the time, you know, end of the 90s, was I can... Uh, I'm a good communicator and I enjoy writing. Had I thought about PR? No, I hadn't thought about PR. I had no clue about PR. Ended up um, getting on a grad trainee scheme with Weber Shandwick. And I suppose once you're on that train, uh, you're on that train. Uh, so I did a happy but very hardworking year um, down in Mansion House at what was then Weber Shandwick International PR Agency's um, headquarters. Uh, I worked for the likes of uh, Woolworths, which have, have, uh, you know some of your older listeners will be familiar of. No longer a part of the high street now, sadly. Uh, Tammy Girl, which I think was absorbed by Topshop again. Wow. Anyone over the age of thirty, uh, under the age of thirty, probably is unsure about these brands. Um, but the, the, the point was, I had exposure to to, to large brand work. Um, I was taken in house at that point by a green business partnership uh, headed up by Unilever and WWF. Unilever being a client of Weber Shamrocks at the time, um, and. I worked for the former um, environmental minister, John Gummer. I was obviously interested in politics. I mean, just come out of university studying that and they needed, um, you know, a junior press officer in to, to, to work. So I went I went in there. I ended up being taken on in-house and did a further couple of years there, helping to establish their international offices in Sydney and Seattle. So I didn't manage to get to Seattle, but I did have a couple of great weeks in Sydney, um, which was wonderful to always, to see the world on somebody else's checkbook, although it was, you know, a lot of conference calls and a lot of hotel hotel rooms and a lot of uh, a, a lot a lot of work um i did you know get to the beach and uh, the opera house and, and and all of those things so that that was a very happy period um from there i felt i probably needed a bit of commercial in-house experience so i jumped into tesco uh, and i was there for uh three or four years i was in the internal comms team for a while and then moved over to the corporate and legal affairs team i was a uk communications manager i learned a lot at tesco they obviously are a international household household brand there are rarely days where you don't have tesco uh, on a, in the news and at the time in a, in a reactive way it was just before the financial scandal for them right. um but there was uh, you know a lot in terms of um the credibility of um procurement and um chain of custody and the environmental and co- corporate social responsibility so so quite an interesting time for the whole retail arena 
and it was really the big four at that stage petrol wars and all the rest of it you know standing freezing on four courts waiting with the bbc news team to interview a commercial director um and then getting caught up in avian bird flu and sort of being part of you know various conference calls with defra and ministers and trying to work out how to do product recalls and uh the fate of uh, Bernard Matthews but anyway I've got lots of tales to tell on that but it was uh, yeah a fabulous couple of years and I really I think cut my teeth in terms of understanding the the PR and, and media industry but it was just starting to change at that point and social was becoming king and the whole citizen journalism was beginning to take over so uh, those you know those shifts were happening which has obviously clearly come into play and being major influencers compared to when I was trained where you know the Fleet Street editors were, were were it. It's you know very much now um, a slightly different era that we're that, that we're living in. I then saw myself as the devil and joined Hill and Knowlton uh, PR agency to work for the Sainsbury's account <laughs> um, and B and Q. But I but I, I did a lot of work on the corporate social responsibility elements that they were doing um, and brought some of my learnings and understanding. But after after a period of time in house, I was keen to get back into agency, which is where I felt my ultimate. Um, place was and then I moved back to my home city of Sheffield when I got married and uh, joined MK uh, took over MK as, as I previously mentioned um, sold out to Northern Communications earlier this th- th- this year so uh, yeah a quick potted history from why a politics graduate has ended up <laughs> as part of <laughs> a regional PR agency you, you mentioned there about wanting to get back into agency after working at, at Tesco. What are the main kind of differences between those two ways of working, working in-house against working for an agency? Yeah, it's a good question. I think ultimately it's a difference between breadth and depth. If you're in-house, you obviously you've got one baby to look after. You know everything about that particular brand, about that particular client. Um, you're eating, living, breathing it. Uh, with an agency approach, you have the privilege of more of a, an outside perspective perspective so that can be advantageous because obviously you're not quite as institutionalized as you would be if you were in-house and you have the dynamics of working one day with a law firm regarding a BBC breakfast news interview um, and the next day putting on a a concert with Peter Andre at the local shopping center you know there is it's it's from the sublime to the ridiculous many say but there is there is an awful lot of breadth within an agency because inevitably of the different brands within your sector that you that you attract and represent uh, which you don't necessarily get in-house however you don't ever get the depth from an agency perspective partly because you're not necessarily privileged or privy to it uh, but you know that has advantages and disadvantages um, as, I, as I talked about earlier in terms of the perspective that you can offer as a result of that for me I like to have a broadsheet I'm probably more more blue sky than um, necessarily going down to the the, the breadth and minutiae of detail on anything in terms of how I work so although in-house was an incredibly good experience and I don't think I could be doing my job as well as I do now without having had that and I often advocate that to team members here you know go and get a taste of everything to understand what you're good at what you what you enjoy and where you're best placed um ultimately for me the agency approach was um where I wanted to be hence hence I came, came back to MK um had uh, you know have headed it up and uh, moved it into you know where it is today can you um, can you pinpoint a moment in those kind of early days where you thought, yes, this is this is the career for me. This is the route I want to go down. 
Um, yeah, there are probably a number of those moments that I've got in my career. And I probably look back to, well, I suppose one of the first ones was probably with the Marine Stewardship Council, um, the Green Business Partnership I was talking about. And I think having having the autonomy and having the um, ability that I was given to actually influence and forge breaking news at the time the the emsc was a a fledgling um blue sticker organization to show the credibility of sustainable seafoods you you can now not go into a supermarket without finding that sticker on any piece of seafood so it's gone from literally embryonic whereby there was three or four brands in germany carrying it to uh you know you you can hardly now buy seafood at any of the major uh, supermarkets without without having it but so there was a lot of change in terms of the the buying and the chain of custody uh, policies from the major retailers in this country and throughout the world when I was working on this and that was headline news the retail correspondence and you know for for end users for for, for consumers and you know writing something one day and then seeing it you know I still remember it's Elizabeth Rigby at the FT you know she sort of ran the headline and sort of took some of my 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 quotes and you know had actually reprinted the you know the various paragraphs I had written on it the day before that for me was a bit of a you know wow I'm sort of feel I'm on the north face here I think at Tesco the similar impact you know I like to I like to run fast and that certainly I've talked about it the avian bird flu uh, situation when that broke it was international news um, and I was very you know I was very aware that I was part of something that was having a huge impact on millions of people throughout the UK and I took that very seriously I didn't get much sleep <laughs> um, but again to read to read those headlines and know that you know the calls coming through were having an impact on what you know headlines were what headlines were being written and and government ministers and how they were and scientists and you know so so I think to be really at the heart of it and be really in the engine room for that was very much I really like being in the thick of it um so to speak and then without sounding too too twee uh, it's it's you know seeing people who work for you go on to do great things I really enjoy the the thrust that that, that news uh, can bring, and that, as I say, that um, that fast pace and that quite frenetic energy and environment that that, that comes with it. So I, I enjoyed that, and I was privileged at quite a young age to be part of what was a really pioneering movement, and also part of a, a big multinational that was making headline news. So I enjoyed that that. But I think later into my career. I really enjoy seeing uh, former employees, uh, you know, pop up as, you know, media director or media manager at some massive charities. Uh, The children's charity uh, is is one where a former employee has gone to um, another former employee has gone into the BBC. You know, another has gone into big international agencies and one is, you know, one has moved into, I think, now to Saatchi and Saatchi. So uh, that's great and I suppose I get the biggest kick out of that knowing that I can support and influence and so they tell me empower (laughs) uh, people to go on and have decent careers many of whom have have better ones than me and that's great and that's uh, (laughs) that that, that's what you know helps me get get up in the morning and come to work I suppose brilliant Um, we touched a little bit while we've been chatting on things like um, the kind of the role of social media across the years and how that's kind of come into play and, and other things that have sort of changed as as things have gone along. Um, how important is the role of, of PR in kind of, you know, 2019? Yeah. Um, P- 
PR in my estimation, James, is reputation management. So to that end, that will always have um, a massive uh, necessity for any brand personality, you know, reputation, 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 reputation. However, the, the, the ways of managing that and the platforms of managing that and the nuances around that has changed exponentially, I think, in the last 10 years largely down to social media and citizen journalism and how we as consumers uh, pick things up and are influenced and perceive, you know, perception versus reality, you know, big issues for, for, for key brands. So PR will always have a role to play because ultimately it is about managing the reputation of whoever it is you're, you're, you're looking after and as individuals. That's as important to you and I today as it would have been to our ancestors and, and you know, our future generations, no doubt. But we've had to work quickly and keep up pace to ensure that we are across um, what is required for us to be across to ensure that we are best looking after and harnessing and protecting that reputation um, because no longer is it you know the editor of the times or uh, the Sheffield star it is so multi-dimensional now um, in terms of how people are influenced and what and, and 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 where they get information from we need to be very nimble in in how we manage that and that's that's partly why we went into the northern communications group because that interaction and fluidity across the other disciplines to help you know ensure that we keep keep up our elements of PR I think is becoming ever more obvious given the environment and the you know as I've said before the world in which we now live and op- and have to operate love it all over <laughs> this is quite a black and white question it's probably not a black and white answer but um do you find it's um easier or harder to kind of get things into the press and get things into the media now compared to the days before things like social media yeah i i don't know i think probably it's not a black and white answer you're right it's a it's a very gray answer i think newspapers are having to work increasingly hard um to keep up readership and circulation that's obvious although they too are diversifying into social and and, and web and you know all of that's well documented and, and as you know your, your, your listeners will be their, their their end audience for that um as a result i think some papers and press have had to become more discerning but other mediums and traditional mediums have perhaps had to lean a little bit more on PR because of the stretch that they've inevitably had to take on board and indeed the reduction of staff. Gone are the days where you walk into even a national newspaper and have a, a sea of 800 members of the of, of the news team sat there who might at any given time be, you know, walking down to knock on the door of an old lady through to, you know, following a court case or, what, or whatever else. You know, the newswires and PA and whatever else supply an awful lot now because they have depleted numbers as indeed PRs so I think to some extent uh, the reliance on PRs are so to to some extent with a good contact and if you're a trusted source they are having to lean on PRs more than ever while on the other hand there are perhaps other publications or other sectors that are becoming ever more discerning about what they're what they're printing because of the wider landscape and the fact that you know they need to be See on it more than ever to ensure that they they keep the loyalty that they have. So horses for courses possibly, but it's a question of reflecting change and ensuring you're keeping up to the the moment. 
how great is the kind of the need for creativity in in PR in, in, in this day and age? Massive. Are there are there still new ideas, or has everything kind of been done? Well, somebody once said to me, "The whole world is pastiche," and I think that's probably there's probably an element of that. And you know, uh, plagiarism is you know is a great thing at times, <laughs> but creativity is massive and it's one of the prerequisites that I always talk about you know coming into PR you need to have good verbal and written communications clearly that's largely why you know why we are bought for clients who have don't have either the time or inclination to do it themselves ultimately it's not particularly rocket science what we're doing but a creative um, approach to things in terms of how to from you know the obvious very one-dimensional how to position a headline what angle to particularly give for a news piece through to you know how are we best going to advocate or promote x y and z you know it's you know who's that going to involve how we're going to do it what we got what what we're going to bring in you know let's have some fun and we do you know here in the agency as most agency we do have great fun post-it stickers everywhere great great ideas i'd far rather bring the the team or, or myself down from the ceiling with ideas and think okay that's budget wise reality wise that's not going to work let's let's recarve it let's recarve it this way let's present the client that you know x y and z rather than um, having to sort of work, work up. So a real creative spirit and appetite for that is, um, I think, essential. Um, it, you know, it, it can be a learned habit, but I think, you know, ultimately, if you're creative, you're, you're, you're creative, and most people who go into PR generally are. And, and final question for me. Um, obviously, PR's always been kind of quite a, a popular uh, career path for, for for people and maybe not in the way that it used to be in terms of kind of going from journalism to PR but we have people now that are kind of going through school having picked that as a career that they want to do um, if you could give one piece of advice to someone that's kind of eyeing a career doing what what you've done what what would it be I often go back to the old adage of um, hire for attitude and train for skill as I've as as I said to you earlier, if if somebody is interested in going to PR, they have to have decent verbal communications, obviously, because they'll be speaking on behalf of a client, possibly to media at times. So they need to be articulate, and and um, you know, content obviously comes with experience um, and understanding about what you're doing. But but comfortable and have and have the confidence, the big C there therefore for that. Um, writing again, it can be a learned habit, but an enjoyment um, of writing and and creativity, which we've just touched on as well. But ultimately, it's the right attitude. You know, if you come in and you really want to do something, if you're a news junkie, if you're reading various things, if you're on top of, you know, what other agencies are doing out there, if you're looking at what brands have really done a great campaign, you know, what you think about the new Christmas adverts from the retailers through to, you know, what the latest Cadbury's are doing or, you know, where Jorex is on, what, you know, whatever it is. If, 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 you, if you've really got that appetite and, and that enthusiasm and the right attitudes, we will take you on. Uh, because most other things can be can be trained and can can be learned so it is yeah it is uh, ensuring that you are well entrenched within the world of PR so you can show that off and reflect that in interview and join you know join the first couple of years of your career while you're building experience and having dollops of resilience uh, I think is is you know another you know another one um, so yeah a good attitude with plenty of confidence and plenty of resilience will serve you very well probably for most things in life but yeah particularly in this game good advice uh, Caroline thank you very much for your uh, for your time I know you've got a busy morning with uh, with a client that you need to uh, get on to so we will uh, leave things there but thank you for your time the best of luck with uh, the new chapter for MK and for yourself thanks James
what a genuinely lovely team they are at MK Public Relations. And a big thank you to Caroline for her time. Now check out the rest of this season of Behind the Mic for some more perspectives on the world of PR and the role it plays in today's media. Hit the subscribe button to get new episodes as they're released. If you'd like to suggest a guest or get in contact with me for any reason, head to j.media, that's j-a-e.media, and speak to you next time.